Hey, my name is Mike. It's an honor to be here. Let's clap our hands and welcome all those joining us online. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Wherever you're tuning in from, man, it's good online, but it's great in the building. And I want to encourage you to join us for any of the four opportunities that you have at this campus and the other two opportunities you have at the Awatuki, did I say that right? Campus uh, on Sunday mornings. Man, this is a good place to be. I don't know about you, but I want to be at a church that pursues the presence of God. This isn't a social club. This isn't just an activity. There is genuine revival happening and God is doing something so special. Don't you agree? My dad used to sell fireworks as a kid growing up and uh, he was like the regional manager for the Southeast for all of the fireworks that, the tents that pop up, you know, um, around 4th of July and, and New Year's Eve. Uh, we have Food Lion and like Winn-Dixie. I think you guys, someone said fries. You know, I think that's a store and not something that comes with your hamburger. But it, it, he would, we would travel around and I would go with him and he would check all the tents. You know, he'd be checking out all the tents, making sure, hey, do you have all the product that you need and inventory checking all, all summer long and leading up to 4th of July. And any damaged product we would get to take home. So if someone had like poked their hole through the plastic wrap on one of those mega packs of, of fireworks that came to my house, you know? And so at my house, we didn't just celebrate the 4th of July. We celebrated the 5th of July, the 6th of July, the 7th of July. We were independent for sure. It was independence week at my church, at my, church, at my house. And I would, um, I remember just getting so used to it that uh, my friends would come over on 4th of July and I'd pop open the garage door and it'd be like the Shekinah glory, you know, of fireworks. It'd be like, oh my gosh, what is going on? And I would just kind of like shrug my shoulders, you know, because what has been so common to me was novel to them. What was normal to me was novel to them. And sometimes it takes someone from the outside to tell you how good you have it on the inside. And I wanna let you know that your pastors, Pastors Ryan and Amy, have a, a, they are a gift from God to this house. And you, your dad sells fireworks. And so don't get used to it. It is not normal, the gift that you have in your pastors. I think you can do a lot better than that. They are in the building tonight. Come on, would you honor them? You are a gift from God. You are a gift from God to this region and to this house and to the many pastors that I watch you influence all over the country. And I wanna let you guys know, uh, we're not used to this. This is special. We don't take it for granted. We're not, our dad doesn't just sell fireworks. We don't shrug our shoulders every Sunday when both of you bring fire preaching, when they lead with such passion and aggression for the kingdom of God. We're not just gonna shrug our shoulders on Sunday mornings and be like, oh, my dad sells fireworks, so it's fine. This is special. You gotta lean in, take notes, take pictures, put it on Instagram, make sure that you honor them and, and love them. They are doing a hard work here and an amazing thing is happening. And I've had the privilege just to glean from it all day long and I'm like elbowing him during the worship, like, dude, this is incredible, man. You know, and he's like, yeah, this is every week. And I'm like, how is this every week? You know, it's the 4th of July, the 5th of July. So uh, we honor you. Thank you for the opportunity to bring God's word. It's very special. I don't take it lightly to stand behind the sacred desk. And I know that uh, you're probably wondering, who am I? Well, my better half, her name is Ashton. And uh, I think we have a picture since it's Valentine's Day. Bam, right there. Uh, we have been married for 14 years. We've been together for 18 years. I know what you're thinking. 
How in the world can a 14-year-old be married for 14 years? I know, I know. We got married young and we got started young, starting our family very young. And um, people say, man, you weren't messing around. You had three kids before you were 23. I said, we were messing around. That's why we had three kids before we were 23 years old. And uh, it's, it's amazing because, you know, God blessed us with three children and he's blessed us with an incredible church in Raleigh, North Carolina. We moved up there with, with no friends, no promise of a job. I actually got a job at the Panera Bread in town, the bakery in town. And I would take the bagels that were left over just so that my kids could eat at the beginning stages of the church plant. I remember asking my manager to not throw the bagels into the dumpster, just to leave them next to the dumpster so that I wouldn't have to dive into the dumpster to get uh, the bagels. And I would, we only had one car at the time. This is just nine years ago, not very long ago. And I would literally walk home with a trash bag full of leftover bagels from that day so that my kids could eat, but so that we could advance the gospel in Raleigh, North Carolina. And to God be the glory. We are now one church in multiple locations and God has been so good. My, my favorite story of life change that has happened in our church over the past eight and a half years is that I've had the opportunity to baptize my three children at our church. And so as you can see, it happened in three different venues. We were portable, so this is a horse trough at the beginning. I don't know what I was thinking by wearing that hat, but that's what we wore. And then this is when we were in a high school, and then this is when we were in a permanent facility. But my oldest, her name is Ariana. My son, his name is Joel, and that's my youngest daughter. Her name is Harmony. And uh, there's been over 500 people that have gone public with their faith in water baptism at our church since we started it nine years ago. And it made all eating all those bagels worth it every single time. Every single time. I don't want to see another bagel, and please don't take me to Panera Bread, but it was good for that season. And, uh, you know, whenever you're raising kids, you might know this or not, but like time flies when you raise kids, it just goes by so fast. You know, you blink and you know, it's time to teach them how to shave. Not my daughters, but my son, you know, uh, that's a funny joke. That's way funnier than you guys. No service all day has that joke landed, but it's really funny. Uh, you know, I, 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 I blink and my kids are grown up and, and to God be the glory, they're, they're growing up in the ways of the Lord. But what happened last year was I feel like time like just paused, you know, when uh, around March of last year, when, when COVID hit, they stopped the NBA and they stopped travel and they stopped all these things. And it's like all of a sudden, everything that was happening so fast in life almost went into reverse. And you had like an opportunity to reevaluate your relationships with different things. You're like, well, I really don't need that gym membership because I can't go there anyways, you know? And you had a chance to reevaluate what you did and what you didn't do and where you went and where you frequented. And I didn't need that hair salon anyway. I'll cut my own hair, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and time really stopped. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I aged so much over this past year. Like, you know how the presidents age over their term? I feel like I've aged during COVID. Like I am now 53 and proud of it, you know? And it's interesting because the Bible has a story of a man who I believe went through a really hard season. Like we're just coming out of here as a church and as a nation and as a world. And, and his name is Job. And I know what you're thinking, Job, really? I want an encouraging word, pastor. Don't give me Job. I'm gonna give you Job, but I promise it'll be encouraging, okay? I promise, I promise to encourage you today. Job is at the bottom of the barrel. I mean, he's at the, he's at the end of his rope, but he, his friends are even telling him, curse God and die. He's sitting around a fire, three of his friends, and they're just telling him what to do, and he's, he's, not, he's not budging. He's staying faithful to God, staying true to what God had told him to do, and 
Even, they say that even dogs are coming to lick the, the sores off of his skin. I mean, he's at a really bad place. And I can't imagine how slow time is going for Job. Job's probably like, when is this gonna be over? He's like, God, I thought it was 15 days to slow the spread, you know? <laughs> Do y'all remember that? <laughs> 15 months later, we're still here. <laughs> so Job is processing all this. He can't even find someone to compare his life's problems to. No one has it worse than Job at this season in his life. He can't look across the fence to, to his neighbor's grass and say, well, his grass is, is browner than, well, y'all don't have grass here, but you know, it, his, his, rock, his rocks are browner than my rocks, you know? And, and, and Job is like, looking around and he can't find anyone in his life to compare his struggles to. He can't point to another person and say, well, they have it worse than me. He can't find, he's, he's scraping the bottom of the barrel. And I don't know about you, whenever you go through a hard time, you begin to compare your blessings and you compare your situations, you compare your, well, they have this and I have that. And, and Job can't find anything. And he looks in the distance and he sees a tree. And that's what we're gonna pick up in Job 14. It says, even a tree... <laughs> This is how bad Job has it. Even a tree has more hope. If it is cut down, it will sprout again and grow new branches. Though its roots have grown old in the earth and its stump decays at the scent of water, it will bud and sprout again like a new seedling. If you skip down to verse 14, this is in the King Jimmy. It says, if a man die." Shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change comes. I believe some of you have been in a season like Job, looking around saying, will this ever end? Will my change come? And what I want you to do before we begin today's message, I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to say, my change is coming. My change Come on, it's coming. Turn to your, in the comment section right now, those watching on YouTube and Facebook, my change is coming. I'd like to preach to you today from the subject, the speed of seed. Let's pray. Father, this is your sermon, not mine. This is your church, not mine. We thank you because you have sustained us and you have seen us through trials and tribulations, victories and triumphs. Every mountain and every valley, you've been there the whole time. And we're grateful because your hand is on this church and your hand is on our future. And we are, we are grateful just to be able to come boldly into your presence tonight. And we do not take it lightly and we do not take it for granted. This is sacred and this is special. Use our time together tonight to push back darkness and to promote the gospel message of Jesus Christ. In your name we pray, amen. And amen. Uh, I don't know a lot about farming. So if you know a lot about farming, I'm about to butcher this. I apologize in advance. I am a preacher and I'm in the ministry. So the most that I know about agriculture is like a harvest of souls, sow a seed offering, you know, um, church planting. That's about, that's about what I know when it comes to agriculture. So if you do gardening or if you do farming, I'm apologizing in advance. I, I'm only doing what I, what I, the very little that I know about agriculture. And it seems like Job knew something about agriculture. It seemed like he knew the life cycle of a seed, which is what I wanna talk about 
tonight is the life cycle of a seed. Like what happens when we go through certain seasons in our life? Why do certain things happen at certain times and at the pace at which they happen? Why do my kids grow up so fast, but COVID slowed everything down so slow? Why does it feel like sometimes I'm in a season of despair for so long and I'm only on the mountaintop for such little time? And what I've discovered is a lot of us live at the speed of seed. We live at the speed of seed and there are three basic steps when it comes to planting something and seeing it grow that I think if we looked at tonight, we would see our lives identified in one of the three areas, if not all three areas, if not all three areas over and over and over again in our life. And if you know anything about agriculture, you know this, that a seed has to first fall from the tree that it was first attached to. So the first point is very simple. It's that falling is the first step. You're like, man, I thought this was gonna be encouraging. I don't like to fall. No one likes to fall. Now we love watching other people fall. Like you'll pull out your phone real quick if someone's about to trip. Or in, in where I live in, in Raleigh, you know, we just park our cars and watch people try to cross on the icy roads. Like we enjoy that. That's a pastime, w- watching people try. To, I mean, there's a whole show, uh, Ridiculousness, dedicated to the falling of human beings. Mom, I'm so sorry. I did watch MTV one time. Just for that show though, nothing else. So please forgive me. Falling is the first step. When, when, when someone goes to harvest a, a, a tree, harvest fruit off of a tree, that seed that has spent all this time coming up from the ground all the way to the end of the branches, in, in a moment, it falls to get harvested. In a moment, it, it goes from being way up here, it changes from being way up here all of a sudden to being back down where it started. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation in your life where you were, you were finally there, You had finally grown up. You had finally arrived. You had gotten the promotion. You had finally taken care of business. You have done all those things. And then all of a sudden, something happens in your life and you realize, you look up and you're like, how did I get down here? How did I get down here? I know that this church is going through a season where you know the the legacy of Pastor Randy been all the way up here. And then all of a sudden you look and it changes so fast. The other story that I, I can articulate that kind of, gives you an example of how life can change so quickly is my son, he was, he was in, we were in the, in the delivery room. We we're having our, our first boy, our second born. And we were stoked, man, Facebook live in it. I mean, everything. I mean, we were so hype to have a son. It was awesome. This is my son. You know, my mom was there with us and my mom is super Pentecostal. She's like incredibly charismatic. Um, I grew up in church. I was like in church nine months before I was born. Like um, we would do cannonballs in the baptismal tank after church. It was our jacuzzi. We didn't have a pool, but whenever there was baptisms, we were stoked. We brought our bathing suits to church. <laughs> On communion Sunday, we weren't even hungry at lunch because we had eaten the, the body of Jesus that was left over <laughs> after communion. And luckily it was grape juice and not wine because his blood washed it down. I grew up in church, so my mom's uh, very charismatic, extremely passionate about the things of the Lord, and she is just going in in her war room prayer. And if you, if you grew up Pentecostal, you will know, I mean, there are some people, they just go in. 
And she's going in in this hospital room. And so we got Carrie Job playing in the background. We got my mom just praying Hebrew verses from the Old Testament and speaking in tongues and oil everywhere and on every bottle warmer and every onesies getting oil. And, and, and I'm there excited and Instagramming. And all of a sudden in this little kind of peaceful chaos but fun, the doctor goes, shut up. And we're like, okay. He says, I can't hear his heartbeat. And he had just been born and he couldn't get a heartbeat. He said, his face is blue. Call, the, call all the doctors, call all the nurses. And in a moment, we went from celebrating to almost like doubting God's will for our lives. In a, in a, in a, with two words that, those, that that doctor screamed, we went in a moment from being up here to being down here. Now he spent a couple days in the NICU, the neonatal intensive care unit, and his lungs began to develop and he began to breathe again. And I'm glad to report that at 11 years old, he shows no symptoms of a traumatic birth. He is stronger than ever. He's on the wrestling squad. He's got a match on Tuesday and he's gonna crush whoever they put him up against in the 135 weight class. Let's go. It's not like TV wrestling. It's Olympic wrestling, just so you know. Side note, they, they let them wrestle during COVID, but they're not allowed to shake hands. Uh, you can't fix stupid, but that's just what it is. I said, coach, are you serious? He goes, no, he can't shake hands. I'd be like, okay, you know what's about to happen? Yeah, but you can't shake hands. Okay. That's just a side note. You're the only service that got that joke. I didn't say that anywhere else. Falling is the first step. And it can happen like that. I mean, you know, like a car accident, change your life forever, right? That, that one time she, she packs her bags and she leaves and you didn't even expect it out of nowhere. Or your kid makes a, a decision to go to a college that you thought that they weren't gonna go to or you discovered that they were addicted to a substance you had no idea about. And in a moment, your, your world is shattered. In a moment, your expectations go from being way up here to being way down here. And what I've realized about the life cycle of a seed is in order for God to do something new, he must detach you from something old. He must detach you from the tree that has grown up in order for you to be replanted into a new tree. You have never seen a tree birth a new tree unless it detaches itself from the existing tree that already grew up. So that circle of friends that you thought you needed, you didn't need it because God wanted to do something new and he cannot do something new while you're still attached to something old. So while you're falling and you think it's terrible and you're looking up and saying, I used to be up there, what God is saying, I am doing something new and I had to bring you down here in order for me to do something new in you and through you. And it happens fast. It happens so fast. As a matter of fact, the speed in which it falls to the ground is always much quicker than the speed at which it grows again. Have you ever noticed how quickly a relationship can break and how slowly it takes to develop it again? How, how trust can be broken in a moment and then built up in a, in a lifetime. Like what takes a season to grow can take a second to break. You're one decision away from falling, right? And what I've realized is it can, it can happen so fast. Not only is falling the first step, but falling is the fastest step. So if your world has been rocked lately, it's because God is trying to develop something in you that is different than what you are currently attached to. And that's okay. I know that you have those relationships that you think you need. 
I couldn't live without them. God might be testing that. I couldn't do life without them. Ah, God might be stretching that. You know, I don't know about you, but I've had friendships that that kind of been disrupted a little bit during this during this time. You know, I, I used to work out with a guy uh, every single day. Worked out every single day for many years. For five years now, we've worked out. I know it doesn't look like it. You're like, yeah, yeah, right. Every day, come on. It's the COVID nineteen, okay? Nineteen pounds in nine months. I'm bulking. Thank you. And we haven't been able to work out. He's, you know, in the medical field, so he's very, he's, he's very aware of his surroundings, and it has brought some disruption to our relationship. And I'm not saying that I don't need to live without him, but what I will say is that it has brought, this year has brought, the pause button that has been pressed has brought about a reevaluation of what matters, a reevaluation of what's most important. And if you have been shook and detached from what you thought you needed, it's maybe because God wants to do something new this year. So falling, falling is, is the first step. Now, the second step is hiding. Hiding is the hardest step. It's not enough for a seed to be put on the surface. You don't see a farmer just dump a pile of seed on the, on the top of the soil and be like, job is done. He doesn't just put an anthill's worth of seed and expect for it to be a field of corn. He has to take individual seeds and spread them out across long distances. He has to separate them and isolate them. And it's not enough to put a seed on the surface. He has to push it underground. And that's not fun either. I'm going to get to the encouraging part, but falling is fast and hiding is hard. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to fall. And I definitely don't want to be put into a dark place. But part of the process of growing new life is not only falling, but being put into a dark place, pushed underground. It looks and feels a lot like being buried, but it's actually God doing some planting. I feel pressed, but not crushed persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. That's a verse before it's a song, but it's a really good song. Yes, Lord. Yes. You don't know. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. Amen. So good. The seed not only has to fall, it has to be separated and isolated and put into the ground. Why? Because in order for it to gather the nutrients it needs, it cannot be in competition with other seeds. It cannot be fighting for the nutrients that only a certain circumference of the ground can cover. So if you feel like you're all by yourself, it's because God needs you to be by yourself so that he can supply you the nutrients that you need to develop the root system that is required to grow deep roots in this next season. It's hard to hide. Nobody wants to hide. Nobody wants to be in isolation. Nobody wants to be alone. Nobody wants to go through a season where they're in a dark place. And I went there. This past year was tough. We were just navigating through so many things and so many relationships and so many tensions and so many issues. And it's like you get to a place where you're asking God, God, what are you trying to do? And I believe he's trying to do what Job referred to 
which is though he cut it down, he wanted to make sure that we could bud again or grow back again. Hiding is a hard part. As a matter of fact, kids, there used to be these things called uh, disposable cameras. This was before there was phones and cameras and cameras on your phones and phones on your camera. Imagine with me a world where you take a picture and you don't know what it looks like for a couple of days. (laughs) I saw Pastor Ryan looking at pictures just from the groundbreaking. It just happened 10 minutes ago and he's already looking at a picture. That was not the case. When we grew up, it was like, I hope everyone had their eyes open. I hope everyone's zipper was up and I hope everyone was smiling. So kids, there's some kid, you know, youngins here. There was this thing called film. It looks like brown tape, little squares of brown tape. And there were images on this, on this film. And this film had to be taken to a convenience store. Walgreens. Y'all remember one hour photo? Come on, man. There was no 40 selfies and pick your favorite one. There was no real time post it. You had to even remember, you would take your camera in and not even remember what pictures were on the camera. You'd say, I think that that's my birthday party from two years ago. I just found it in the garage, you know? And they would take your camera and they couldn't expose the film to regular light. They would take your camera to where? To the dark room. Why? Because the film couldn't handle being on the surface. It needed to be in the dark for a little bit in order for the image to develop. And I believe that there's a prophetic picture that God is going to give you in the dark room. That it could not be developed in the light. Only in the season of suffering. Only in the season underground. Only in this season where you feel the pressures of earth. Can God develop in you a new dream. A new passion. A new life. New fruit. A new prophetic glimpse of what God might have called you to do. It's happening in the dark room. It's in the dark room. Just because it's dark doesn't mean I'm done. Just because it's dark doesn't mean I'm done. You're in a new year, and the light of Christ is coming. I might be underground, but I'm not undertaken. You know what the difference is between a farmer and an undertaker? You won't find an undertaker watering cemeteries. Those are buried things. But you will find a farmer out there working the field. He knows that there's life underground. He knows that there's life beneath that soil. He knows that there's life under there and it needs to be worked. It says in John 12, 24, it says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and it dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. I love that we broke ground today because what that building is going to do is produce a harvest, a plentiful harvest of new lives. It is not about the steel. It is not about the structure. It is about the souls. It's about your neighbor, your coworker, your child that's going to see something come out of the ground and say there must be life happening in there. It's a plentiful harvest. It might be a little inconvenient. It might be a couple of parking changes. You might not get your favorite spot anymore. But a kernel has to die in order, and it remains alone, but its death will produce many new kernels. It's so important that you realize 
that God is doing something new in you and through you in this season. As a matter of fact, it, it says in, the, in Romans chapter six, verses three through five, it says, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ, Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Check out this next verse. It's so encouraging. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. I am so glad that I don't just get to participate in the sufferings of Christ, but I also get to participate in the power of his resurrection. I'm so glad that we didn't leave Jesus on the cross, we didn't leave Jesus in the tomb, but instead he is alive, seated at the right hand of the Father, and you get to worship a God that is living, breathing, moving. And as you participate in his sufferings while you're underground, you get to participate in the power of his resurrection when you come above ground. That's why I love baptisms as we celebrated today. This church is changing lives, man. We are not just leaving them. Could you imagine leaving them underground until the bubbles, you know, you know. The most powerful part about baptism is not only that they go into the water, it's that they're able to come out of that water. That is the salvation. That is the power of salvation and the resurrection of Jesus. I know it's not Easter Sunday, but man, the tomb is empty. I know it's not Easter Sunday, but we're not worshiping an idol. This isn't some carven image. We have a living, breathing, active, moving, Holy Spirit, God, that whose son is seated at his right hand, ready to move in your life and to do something new. He didn't just leave you in the ground, but he wants to see you resurrected. Watering is the last step. Falling is the first step. Hiding is the hardest step. And watering is the last step. See, water is the difference maker between something that is dead and something that's going to come alive. It's the difference maker. If you don't want it to live, just don't water it. If you want it to live, put some water on it. And there are some things that are outside of your control. Situations in your life right now that you feel have been buried but when the Holy Spirit comes through the power of Jesus and when Jesus comes into the room, what happens is it begins to water that thing that you thought was dead and it begins to resurrect it into new life. And I believe 2021 is the year of the water. I believe water's on the way. Water's on the way. As a matter of fact, I love this Psalm. It's my favorite verse in the whole sermon. It says this, it says, they weep as they go to plant their seed when they let go of something, when they release something, they weep as they plant their seed. But it says they sing, <laughs> I love it so much. They sing as they return with the harvest. I know it's been hard. I know it's been hard to see something fall. I know it's been hard to see something hide. I know your marriage is on the brink. I know your relationships have been, have been shook. I know that things in your life don't seem to be right. And you have been crying tears, wondering what in the world is going on. And I want to let you know that you weep when you sow, but you worship when you reap. This is how I put it. And it can be kind of confusing. So you might need to write this down. The tool for sowing is weeping. Sacrifice. But the tool for reaping is worship.
Put that slide right back up, the one, the one right before this. The tool for sowing is weeping. Some of you have cried a long time. Some of you have been crying a long time. In the dark, all alone, figuring out what in the world is going on right now. And I wanna let you know that the tool for reaping is worship. The tool for reaping is worship. It says that they weep as they plant their seed, but they sing when they come with the harvest. That's why when you come in here, hands raised, you are harvesting new life. When you worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, you are experiencing a harvest. I know it was a challenging season. I know that you've been crying tears, but every single tear that you have cried is irrigation for the seed that will become the harvest of your new life and your new season. I know you've been crying. I know you've been weary. I know it's been dry land, but I came to tell you that water is on the way. And if you could just touch the hem of his garment, Job says this, he says, at the scent of water. He didn't even ask for rain. He didn't even ask for flood. He just asked for it to smell like water. If I could just get a glimpse, a prophetic picture of my future, if I could just get a little window into what God has planned for me, it will sustain me into my next season. If I could just get a, the scent of water, I can't even smell water. And Job is like, if I could just scent the scent of water, then I could, I could see God do something great. I have a irrigation system in my house. In case you're wondering what irrigation is, it's a sprinkler system. Do you guys know what sprinklers You don't know what sprinklers are. I have grass. It's this green stuff. I have to mow it every week and uh, twice a week in the fall. And, uh, and you're like, what's grass? Okay, it grows on the east. Come check it out. It's pretty cool. And then I have a system that waters it. And uh, again, I'm just a preacher. So I, I noticed that the pressure on my irrigation system was, was off. It was like weak. And so I called a guy in my church that does uh, lawn maintenance and things like that. And I was like, dude, I need your help. He's like, I know you do. You're, you're a preacher. You know, you have no idea what you're talking about. I said, all I know is that the pressure's wrong. And he starts digging around. And finally he, find, he finds his pipe underneath in my yard. And he says, pastor, come here. He says, there's a little tiny, tiny little, little nick in this PVC pipe, a little hairline crap in this PVC pipe. And I said, well, just duct tape it. That's what we do at the church. Everything that breaks, just put some, just wrap that bad boy up and put the dirt back over top. He said, no, you don't understand. He said, any type of moisture in the ground, the roots of the tree will automatically gravitate towards it. And he says, you see that tree right over there in your yard? I said, yeah. He said, its roots will make its way to that crack and it will, it will bust that whole entire pipe. We have to fix this pipe. And I said, sir, you just preached a whole message to me. It was at the scent of water. And if you want to establish a new root system this year, you just have to get close to where the living water's at. And you need to grab, it just takes a little bit. It only takes a little bit for me to grow towards that. As a matter of fact, here's what it says. It says, it says this in, in, in John 7, 38. It says, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. <laughs> for the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. I don't know what you need today, but I know I need the water. I need the well that never runs dry. I don't know what you've gone through this year. I don't know what you've gone through this week. I don't know what burdens you brought into church today, but I know this, when you get just the scent of water, 
it will bud again. It will bring forth new life. I know you think it's long gone. I know you think it's, you're in the valley of despair, but water is on the way. Water's on the way. So if you're saved, you're a Christian tonight, your response is to worship God as though water's already there. Because you'll soon, you'll soon get the scent of water. You'll soon get a, a, little, a little drip, just a, just a little raindrop. If you're not a Christian tonight, your response is to come to Jesus, who is the living water. And I know you've gone to other wells but they're all dried up. Jesus is the well that never dries up. So you came to a church that believes that Jesus can save you, that he can not just help you, but he can become your Lord and Savior, that you can commit your life to him and he will take you as you are. No need to attend a 16-week class. We don't even need to check your credit or your DNA or anything like that. We don't want your social. All we want is for you to come to Jesus. Because when you come to Jesus, you will find that new life. And if you're dry and barren and weak and weary, you came to the right church. Because what I've witnessed here is that this is a place where the living water flows. It's a place where people's lives can be changed forever. Would you mind bowing your heads and closing your eyes all across this room and those joining us online today? I wanna give you an opportunity to meet the living water. His name is Jesus. When I was eight years old in a service just like this, my grandfather gave an appeal just like the one that I'm about to give and I made a decision that day to follow Jesus. And I believe today could be that day for you. Many of us in this room might have already made that decision, but I know that there's probably one or two people that say, you know what, Pastor Mike, you don't know me, you don't know my story, but I need that living water. I've gone to every other well and it's all dried up. I need that living water that never runs dry. But you came to the right place because this church believes that Jesus Christ died on the cross, was in a tomb for three days, and he rose again so that you wouldn't have to live in that barren state anymore. So if that's you today, I'm gonna count to three. And I'm gonna give you an opportunity to respond simply by raising your hand. If you just raise your hand, it's just indicating to me and to the Lord that you're ready to make this thing real, that you're ready to make this decision. So I'm gonna count to three. One, that's you tonight. You say, Pastor Mike, that's me. That's me. Get ready to raise your hand. If you feel that, that, that pull on your heartstrings right now, you're saying, I need that living water. I need the water that never runs dry. My soul is weary. My heart is heavy. My mind. If that's you today, you need Jesus too. When I say three in just a second, I want you to raise your hand boldly, receiving the gift of salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. You came to the right place. You came to the right place tonight. Get ready, three, right now. Just shoot your hand up right now. You say, I need that, I need that. Hands everywhere, hands everywhere. Praise God, praise God. I see, I see him, I see him. Online, let us know, right now, right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. For the sake of those that just raised their hand, can we all just repeat this prayer? Say, Father God, I give my life to you. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. 
I repent and I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.